On Shabbos, we read a very enigmatic Rashi. The Pasha begins by describing the lineage of Yitzchak. And these are the generations of Yitzchak, the son of Avram, Avram Hoyledes Yitzchak. And Rashi comments, Yaakov and Esav are Murim Baparsha. Yaakov and Esav mentioned in this section. So what message is Rashi conveying here? And perhaps the answer is, the word Parsha means to divide, to separate, like Prashas the Rachim, a fork in the road. So Rashi is telling us, Yaakov and Esav are Murim Baparsha. The essence of Parsha's told us is to demonstrate to us the Parsha, the difference, the dichotomy between the righteousness of Yaakov and the wickedness of Esav. And we witness this stark contrast right at the beginning of the Parsha. Even in the womb, Yaakov's inclination was to run to the base Medrash, to lead a life of Torah mitzvahs while Esav's innate proclivity was to gravitate towards a house of worship, embracing a life of immorality and hedonism. So what was the battle in the womb between Yaakov and Esav all about? What were they fighting about? Says the Maral, they were fighting over Olam Hazeh, this world, and Olam Haba, the next world. They both wanted both worlds. And as we know, a person cannot have both worlds. So ultimately, they settled the score with Esau taking this world and Yaakov taking Olam Haba. And this reminds me of a humorous story told by the famous Magad of Yerushalayim, Rabbi Yaakov Galinsky. He said, Non-Jews worked very hard in Poland, drawing water and cutting wood each day for meager pay. One night, after a day of exhausting work, a non-Jew approaches his neighbor, a Jew, and asks him, Yankel, how do you do it? You work for a few hours a day, and you're living the life. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day, work 18 hours, and can barely make ends meet. So Yankel tells him, meet me in front of my house tonight at 5 p.m. At 5 p.m., they walk over to the local minion factory. Yankel sits down by the door, and when people pass, he asks them for tzedakah. And people give him nickels and dimes and quarters. On the way home, his neighbor asks him, No, Yankel, so how much money did you collect tonight? And he says, $300. And he says, Wow, that's more than I earn in a month. So Yankel tells him, I'll give you my old hat and jacket, and you do the same tomorrow. The following day, he rested the entire day. Towards evening, he heads to shul and cries out, Tzedakah! And the congregants gave him their spear change and he collected a nice amount. On the way home, he sees the beggar on the other side of the shul and he's getting dollars. He runs over to him. Tell me your secret. Why are people giving you dollars and I'm getting quarters? So he tells him, I'm a Gert Tzedek, I'm a convert. Jews feel a certain degree of sympathy for converts. And that's why they give me more generously. So the next day, this non-Jew cries out, Tzedakah for Agar Tzedek. Yidin, Hatzrachmanus, have pity on a poor man who is a convert. And people started giving him dollars. And he was overjoyed. The plan was working to perfection. But then he notices that another beggar was receiving five dollars at a time. And sometimes even tens and twenties. So after Marav, he approaches him and discreetly asks him, why are they giving you so much money? Please tell me your secret. And he tells him, You see, 
I'm a grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, And as a descendant of a great tzaddik, people throw money at me. So the next day on the way to shul, this non-Jew thinks, I have the perfect plan. He sits down with his bucket and he screams out, Rabbi Isai, tzedakah for our ger tzedek, vusiz oich an enekul from the Baal Shem Tov. Charity for a poor convert who is also a descendant of the Baal Shem Tov. And people started to laugh. And no one ever gave him another cent. He couldn't understand the striking contradiction that his words contained. Either you are a grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, or you are a convert. But you can't be both. Likewise, you can either live a life of Oilem Azeh, or a life geared for Oilem Haba. A person can either live life immersed in physical pleasures, or view their lives on this world just as a means to an end, a place to accumulate mitzvahs to merit Oilem Haba. And that was Yaakov and Esau's epic battle in the womb. As Yidin, we sacrifice our Oilem Hazeh to live a Torah life. The average American couple has 1.2 children and 0.7 dogs. They send their kids to public school, eat cheeseburgers for 99 cents, and have plenty of free time and resources to enjoy life. But we devote lots of time and energy and plenty of resources to educate our children of Pidar HaTorah. We spend enormous amounts of money on kashras and preparing for Shabbos and Yantav. We don't go to certain places. We watch what we eat, what we look at, how we talk. A Torah life requires lots of sacrifice. And consider the chesed we extend to our fellow Jews. No other nation in the world would give tzedakah to people they don't know, even their fellow countrymen. Mika Amchi Yisrael. Now the entire world can observe the distinction between Klal Yisrael and other nations. Not a single Arab nation opened its borders to welcome their Arab brethren. They wouldn't even allow them to sleep on their streets. But Jews around the world left their jobs and businesses, flying to Eretz Yisrael to assist our brothers and sisters facing hardship. People in Eretz Yisrael generously opened their homes to displaced families. Yidin donated tens of millions of dollars to our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. People we don't know and will probably never meet. That's why we are called Bnei Yisrael. Because just like Yaakov Avinu, who was later given the name Yisrael, we choose to receive our reward in Olam Haba. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.